That we're in for Spike O'Neill. Love Buzz. A little band called Nirvana. Heard of them? Um, speaking of Seattle and depression, I know this has been a topic this week on some other shows. Uh, I know it was the uh, major trending story in Seattle. So you might have heard people talk about it. But I want to talk about it because it really struck a chord with me. And I, I kind of want to explore that chord and it's kind of like what i like to do as a talk show host i don't like to just get on here and make pronouncements and hit you over the head with my opinion and just bludgeon you to death until you agree with me or you're dead Uh, i like to just explore ideas and ask questions and try to figure stuff out together it's a mutual thing so the seattle times had a write-up that It came from the Census Bureau that said that Seattle is, when you rank it with the 15 largest metros, and Seattle just made the cut at number 15, had the highest percentage of respondents who answered that they had feelings of depression or hopelessness in the past two weeks. And... The way it's been talked about is, once again, Seattle is the most depressed city in America. And I have to ask you, as somebody who's an outsider, admittedly, to Seattle, love the city, have been there many times, but have not lived there, I have to ask this question. Does that seem off to you, or is that 100% correct with the branding? I mean, Matt, you live there. Yeah, uh, the thing about this story that strikes me as interesting, though, is it is is it that Seattle is a depressing city, or is it a city that it attracts depressed people? That's my question. I have another theory on this, and I think it's that Seattle is a city that's comfortable talking about depression. Because here's the thing. When you look at the reasons people say Seattle is depressing. What do you what do you always get? It's gray. There's no sunshine. You're not getting that vitamin D. Which makes sense. You're right. You're right. You're not getting a lot of vitamin D. Vitamin D is incredibly healthy, uh, incredibly necessary for your mental health, and it's healthy for you. But that doesn't explain why Miami and Phoenix are also near the top of the list for most depressed cities in America. Also, the happiest countries on the planet are typically Scandinavian countries. Right. Where the right. sun doesn't even freaking shine six months of the year. <laughs> and, and oh, okay, if, if we look at the most depressed states in the country, by the way, Washington, weirdly, when, when you look at the, the metro areas, find Seattle will be number one. Washington isn't even in the top 10 or 20 for most depressed states in the country. And I get that because, you know, well, it's a big state. It's not everywhere is Seattle. But let's be honest, a lot of it is Seattle. So you think that would outweigh it. You would think Alaska would be worse. It's not even up there. So I just don't think that it has to do with the vitamin D. And I think that it's that in Seattle, we're more comfortable 
talking about depression. I don't know why that is. But when you when I've talked to people from Seattle and when I've read books about people who've lived in Seattle, they talk about how gray and depressing and just, oh, it's so awful. And, oh, I just have nothing to do but sit around my house and just stare at the veil of depression that surrounds us. So that's that's kind of what I want to explore. Do you think people in Seattle are just more comfortable talking about it because the surroundings are a little bit depressing? And because the music, and we just played Nirvana, and it's my favorite band of all time, but the music, a little depressing. Yeah, we're not really known for the uh, bouncy party anthems here in the Pacific Northwest, right. are we? I mean, you got you had Jimi Hendrix. But he he got out. Well, one of <laughs> he Hendrix, went to England. One of his best songs is called "Manic Depression." That's true. Wow, great point. That's a great point. In Crosstown Traffic, he'd have a lot to say about our last topic about the, <laughs> the traffic issues. Um, but the Sonics, uh, the, not the the you know ill fated uh, basketball team, but the, there's a band called the Sonics. Great garage rock band from the '60s. Oh yeah. They're not depressing. They're fun. They're upbeat. Yeah. So I, I wonder, and here's here's the problem I have, Matt. I need to be really careful here because I'm not saying that people in Seattle don't have depression. People are about to hear me say some words that I'm I'm and gonna they're gonna stop listening. When they get mad. That happens to me a lot, and I understand. Oh, no. They won't stop listening. They'll just text like crazy. Right. But they're going to be busy texting like, this idiot, get him off the air. But here's what I, a person who have been, has, been, has been diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder and have had major depressive episodes in my life, this is what I have to say about depression. The perception of depression is that it's kind of cool. And people will say, I think sometimes that they're depressed when they aren't because it seems cooler and hipper and more world savvy to say you're depressed than it is to say that you're happy. I genuinely believe that. I think there's a lot of people who would be like, I who want to connect themselves more to negative emotions and would prefer to say, yeah, man. How do you? How are you aware of what's going on? Have you read the news out of Ukraine? How can you be happy? You look like an idiot if you're happy. If you're happy, that means you're you're ignorant of all the problems in the world. Whereas if you're depressed, the perception is you're George Carlin. You're just this world weary black turtleneck poet who can't handle it. Eddie, just ah, I can't anymore. Or maybe it's a more it comfortable all. place for people who don't feel like they're generally exuberant, like people who have felt disconnected. It's kind of a way, in a weird way, it's the loner's way of not being alone, to be able to be in a group of people who are not exuberant, not particularly happy or upbeat people. So you're saying people will claim to be depressed to fit in? In a, in a weird way, yeah, kind of. Some people, definitely okay. not all people, but I think some people probably feel more comfortable that way. And again, I I just need to make this 100% clear for anybody who thinks that I'm denying the struggles that people with depression face. I know very well. I have 
manic depression runs in my family and then collapses into a bed and then it gets up and runs again and then it then it, then it starts crying about uh its birthday being five months away i understand i understand these issues uh, i really do so i'm not saying that people are lying when they're saying that they're they're depressed i'm saying that maybe some people are associating just feeling a little bit down with a major depressive episode. Maybe they're taking just, oh, you know, seasonal affective disorder or whatever and turning that into, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I, I just I need to find the right meds. Well, if the pandemic taught us anything, it's that most people aren't as great at diagnosing themselves as one might think. Yes. They're right, not exactly. all doctors. You know, that's a great way. And thank you so much for opening up that avenue because that is exactly right. I think that there is there's psychological hypochondria. And it's not addressed at all because you can't disagree with somebody's feelings. You can say, well, you don't have these symptoms. If you, I know you think that that, you know, that that rash that you had on your tongue is cancer, but it cleared up. So I don't I don't think it, it you can say that about a physical thing, but you can't tell somebody that their emotions are wrong or incorrect. But I do think that psychological hypochondria is a real thing. And I think it's also with depression, it's tough because it's so hard to qualify and 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 and, and to to sum up because it's different for every person who has it the, the commercials for antidepressants make it seem like you know oh you're a mom watching her kids on the beach flying a kite or you're a sad little ball getting rained on but if you just try smile of fi laxel you'll you'll cheer right up those problems will just go away. But the reality is about depression is it's different for everyone. Depression might be you watching your kids fly a kite and not being able to feel like you can go out and join them. It might be what it was for me listening to the same Elliott Smith album over and over and over again on the way home from work and waiting for the moment where I wouldn't feel hopeless and totally unable to make myself not feel home- hopeless. Do do non-depressed, upbeat, happy people even own Elliott Smith albums? I don't think it's possible. I can tell you, people. I've tried to have people listen to Elliott Smith, <laughs> and it's almost like a test. Speaking like, as he, someone who does, I just wonder. Yeah. Oh, I mean, he's great, right? No, oh, yeah. nobody gets nobody gets me like Elliott Smith when I when I need to be got. Um, but that was depression for me listening to XO by Elliott Smith over and over again. And not realizing, like, God, I just feel hopeless. I, I just not able to really put into words how much despair I just felt around me all the time. Until I went to a doctor who was like, yeah, dude, you're depressed. <laughs> like, you, you need to get out of this routine. Depression could also be uh, my friend Corey uh, from college. I w- he... he it was horribly abused when he was a kid. Uh, his family was god-awful. And he didn't show up for school for like a week. And I was worried about him. So I went over to his house and knocked on the door. And he just was like, come in. I go into the house. And he's sitting there in front of the TV without a shirt on. And he's crying. And he's watching the Jerry Springer show. And on his bare chest 
there was a piece of birthday cake. Like he didn't have a plate. He didn't have a fork. He didn't have a knife or a spoon. He was eating cake off of his chest and crying while watching the Jerry Springer show because, in his words, the family on Jerry Springer gets along better than mine. Wow. That's depression. Yeah. Chest cake. But again, it's also not being able to join your kids on the beach. It's also maybe listening to the same album over and over again and not being able to imagine a happier ending for your life. And by the way, the chess cake thing, when you put it in those terms, not as cool anymore, is it? No, no, no. I, I want the Sylvia Plath depression, not chess cake guy. Well, guess what? He didn't want that either. He didn't want to be chess cake guy. But depression doesn't give you a choice. So I don't know. Maybe there's too much negativity in Seattle. I mean, it's funny because I saw, by the way, this study all over the place this week. I saw the Seattle is the most depressed city in America all over the place. In in every Seattle pub, uh, publication I was reading, every website, blogs. And yet there was a study just a couple months ago that came out about Seattle. Or came out, sorry, about metros and depression. And Seattle... Wasn't top 10, wasn't top 20, it was 27th. That was the CDC study on metro areas. Said that Seattle was 27th, not first. But the Census Bureau says we're first. I don't know what the Census Bureau has against Seattle. But I'm just saying it's not definite. It's not concrete that the city is depressed, nor should it be considered that. Even government agencies can't seem to agree on how depressed we are. Right. It's all over. the. But again, I think once again, that goes back to my original point. Depression is so hard to nail down what it is because it is different for every person. You know what it's kind of like? It's kind of like COVID in that respect. What is COVID for you is not COVID for the next guy. Your symptoms weren't that I could I, I couldn't taste anything. Well, I couldn't feel anything in my feet. My tongue swelled up. Yep, that was COVID. You know what I'm going to do? Matt, I'm going to do this with you because you were, you know, in Seattle. Yeah. I'm going to list off five things that everyone associates with Seattle. And as I go, I want you to rank them. Okay? Okay. Without knowing, I, I'm going to ask you. It's a TikTok thing, actually. I'm going to I'm going to give you this thing, and then you rank it one to five without knowing what's next. Okay. 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 So here's the first one. See, I have like some music here. No, that's no good. Uh, <laughs> I was trying to play. <laughs> that's not depressing. It's scary. This. Yeah, that was awful. Uh, forget it. Um, okay. First thing, music of the '90s. Rank it one to five. One. Space Needle. Three. Seattle Dog. Ooh. Two. You're putting that at a two? I love Seattle Dogs. Oh, my God. My wife liked it, too. I was like, wait, I, did you have COVID? There's no way you can taste and think that that thing tastes good. I love those things. All right. Uh, so that was one. What, what did you one, say? One, three, Needle was? and two. Okay, one, three, and two. So we only have four and five left. All right. Uh, Starbucks. Five. Mm. And, um, 
Frazier. <laughs> it has to be four. Ooh, yeah, it has to be four. Glad it made the top yeah. five, though. Well, uh, you know what? It's a perfect thing to end on. Frazier, a show about a psychiatrist dealing with the crazy, wacky problems of his listeners. Toss salads in? and scrambled eggs. In Seattle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he didn't know what to do about I guess that's why he was so successful eggs. here. All those depressed people. There was, except for there were a lot of episodes where he couldn't get any calls. <laughs> oh, God. Kevin! <laughs> Kevin! Can't blame Kevin. He's not here tonight. It's all me, Oh, man. who's playing that? That's me. It's all you? Mm-hmm. Oh, good for you. Fine. You're playing Elliot Smith. <laughs> well, <laughs> just in case you didn't believe us <laughs> about how depressing this man is, here you go. We're going to talk about a city banning balloons. It's not Seattle, but it sounds like something a very depressed city would do. Coming up, Kyra Knight, Jonathan Weir, and for Spike Lee. joining me it's been a lot of fun i'll be here tomorrow night as well so this is the kind of thing this next story this is the kind of thing you should enjoy seeing it's a story that really has no implications whatsoever like no broader political issue really and it's just fun to talk about But because we live in the world we do, somehow this has been distorted into like woke political activism attacking its latest subject, inflatable rubber. A city in California has banned balloons. And I mean, lately you would think that, well, yeah, we need to ban all the balloons. The Chinese are spying on us. But it's Laguna Beach, California. They banned the sale and use of party balloons in public. And it's, again, not because they're spying on us. It's because they say too many balloons are ending up in the ocean. And if you're caught with these balloons in public, they don't care if you're a little kid. They don't care if you're a clown making a bicycle or a giraffe or a sword or whatever you do. They say you're going to get fined. Um, I love these stories because of the reaction that usually get and have gotten from people. I've seen so many people reacting to this story in a way that is, you know, there was a comedian, Mike Berbelia, uh, had a great album around 2004 where he talked about how it's hard to take some rapper seriously. Because they'll be like, it's 2004, mother And he's like, yeah, but then when you're rapping about real problems, I can't take you seriously because you were just mad about what year it is. (laughs) 
And that's how I feel about so much of the political discourse in the country is that when I see a Tucker Carlson or Sean Hannity, these guys ranting and raving about a city banning balloons. I'm just like, I can't, I don't know when to take you seriously. If you're that upset about balloons, then when a real problem comes along, I, I don't know that I believe you. But they found that it's very, very profitable and very comfortable. It is a very comfortable life when you're as mad as Tucker Carlson is. It's, you know, we, we work at a news talk station, and I, I know that it, there, there is an avenue, there's a path to go down there. Um, and when I say we, I mean, I'm just filling in. But you work at a news talk station. <laughs> I've worked at news talk stations. They don't remember I work and, here. Stop advertising. <laughs> um, I saw that path in front of me where I was like, I could go in every day and just try to make people angry and and deliberately skew the, the discourse towards apoplectic rage. I have that in me. And I was like, that's not healthy for me. <laughs> that's not good for me. That's not going to do anything for my my self-esteem or my self-worth. It might make me a lot of money, but at the end of the day, I'm not going to be happy. So anyway, everybody's lost their minds. Everybody's complaining about these these balloons. And to me, it was like when they banned straws. Remember when they banned straws for like three weeks? Right, right. They, then they like went, in went 2019. to the, the biodegradable straws now that we get at oh, Starbucks it, out here non-stop coverage over it. it okay i i actually will say when they banned the straws but then went with those paper straws that was disgusting those things are uh, there's just the way they ah i'm getting a weird feeling now just the way they like rub your teeth yeah ah. the texture is awful but everybody was mad about it until they went to a restaurant and remembered Oh, yeah, I'm an adult. I can just put the glass to my lips. <laughs> I don't I don't need to freak out. And by the way, nobody nobody looks cool drinking out of a straw. No, nobody. No, especially if you lose it. If you know you, you put it up to your mouth, you like maybe you try to make a point with your wife, or your girlfriend. Maybe you're out to lunch with your boss. And you're like, well, that's the reason why I don't uh, enjoy air planes anymore i don't know and then you try to put the straw up to your mouth and it like gets away from you and you're like ah, chasing it with your tongue <laughs> doesn't do much yeah. for one's dignity no it doesn't it doesn't do anything for your dignity to complain about it either i mean they they got rid of straws and then they brought them back because i guess the, the they realized well they don't actually the, the uh, once again the major problem isn't the consumer it's the corporations who are throwing plastic into the ocean because it's easier to dispose of it there. But anyway, back to this. I think that cities that do this are absolutely genius in, in in the way that they do it because it allows people to vent rage and get mad about something that's just so silly to get mad about that they can't be taken seriously anymore. Like, if they banned guns or Bibles or something in that city, then then you'd have a good case. We're like, well, that's just going a little bit too far. But for balloons, it's like, how could you be mad about it? How am I supposed to waste $2 because my kid saw a clown at the zoo making balloon animals? How am I supposed to live without a Mylar balloon from a birthday from three years ago hanging around the rafters of my house that we can't even reach with a broom anymore? 
I was going to say, it is interesting that it's become that much of a problem. People in Laguna Beach must really like to party with balloons. I, well, I think it's it's a, one person saw a, a sea turtle, like, struggling with a balloon. And they're like, oh, we got to do something about this. And they're like, yeah, you know what? We have nothing better to do. Let's do that. And this is the thing, too. They're not even banning them privately. If you want to have a party and have a bunch of balloons there, that's fine. They're not banning that. It's just in public. You can fill your entire house up with balloons. It doesn't matter. It's just in public. So anyway, I don't know. I I find it I find it hilarious, and I love I love stories like that because they just reinforce how silly the discourse in this country has become, and everything has to be politicized. Everything. Meanwhile, you know, Ron DeSantis is making it so that bloggers who write about him have to, like, register with the state. But these balloons in Laguna Beach! (laughs) That's what we need to be mad about! Look over there! Never mind the First Amendment rights. Those balloons sneaking across the border. How dare they? Uh, (laughs) I'll be back. More Kyron Knights. What are some dumb myths that we still believe in? What are some dumb myths that we just accept as reality? We'll talk about that. Coming up. I love talk radio. We probably take more <laughs> requests than any music station in town. It's true. It's Cairo Nights. Jonathan, we're in for Spike O'Neill. I've always said that because uh, I've worked in both talk and, and music radio. And the freedom to play music that you want does not exist in music radio. You are going off of a playlist that your program director or music director or somebody in New York sent down. And if you deviate from that, your butt's on the line. Which explains why I no longer work in music radio. <laughs> it's it's a good reason not to. <laughs> Whereas in talk, you mention an obscure garage band from Seattle from the 60s, and it gets played. That's just amazing. Uh, the Sonics, they're, they're one of my favorite bands. Uh, all right, we're going to talk about this. I am somebody who is very cynical. Uh... I it's it's I'm 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 a hard person to convince because I'm stupid. That's actually a problem because I'm dumb, and so it takes. You know, there's an episode of The Simpsons where they were going into witness protection, and they were trying to convince Homer that his name wasn't Homer Simpson anymore, is Mr. Thompson, and they just kept doing it over and over. I'm like that. Uh, so if there's like a myth or like a conspiracy theory or something like that, I just don't accept it because I'm like I don't I don't understand it. Sometimes I'm right to do that, by the way. Remember cryptocurrency? Oh, yeah. I did not understand cryptocurrency. <laughs> and people would tell me, like, oh, no, you should put your money in cryptocurrency. And I'd be like, I don't understand it, so I'm not going to do that. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying I'm too dumb to understand it, so it doesn't seem real. I'm, not, I'm just not going to buy into it. Uh, and eventually I was proven right. I, it seems like right now. So anyway, I don't I don't believe in a lot of 
things that we're told uh, in movies and the media and things like that, especially when I, I don't understand them. For instance, uh, this is a list of myths that we all, some of us, just accept. Like lie detectors. People accept lie detectors as a literal thing. I never have. Because I always thought, wait, if, if it's just going by your blood pressure and your heart rate, mine are always going off the charts. So it would always seem like I'm lying. And that's true. That's why lie detectors are not admissible in court because of that reason. Here's some more myths. Uh, this is uh, uh, this is from uh, Popular Mechanics, by the way. Uh, that there's a dramatic reading of a person's will with everyone in the room, like in movies. Um, I mean, that's not something I didn't believe. I just, I guess, I haven't known enough rich people who've died. That's <laughs> that's my biggest problem. Uh, state lawyers say that may have happened 150 years ago, but in reality. What happens is they just mail everybody a copy of the will. There's no like reading of it, like a dramatic thing. Right. There's no They just do that in movies for drama. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I, because they think of the pressure of the lawyer you're getting screamed at because you just gave the, the house to the cats instead of to the, the husband. Yeah. Given how um, many families get along, this would, this would not work well. This would end in, in a brawl. Or it's uh, another thing. myth. Uh, these aren't all from movies, but a lot of them are. Black belts have to register their fists as weapons. I remember I was in school with a kid who claimed that his dad had to register his fists as weapons. And I was like, was that before or after he was drinking? <laughs> Seems like uh, that's necessary to know. Uh, that you eat X number of spiders in your sleep every year. Now, that one I believed. That one I refused to believe just because I, you know, it's in my world want, though, that sounds so horrible. It feels more likely to be true. Uh, it's actually never. It never happens for a sleeping person to swallow even one live spider. It would have to involve many unlikely circumstances. And I mean, how many spiders do you even see on a daily basis? If I see, and how any stupid would the spider have to be to get? <laughs> you're just going to burn the house down, pretty much. <laughs> Not a yeah. fan. Uh, it would, uh, I don't know. I, I think the spider would have to be pretty stupid to go towards our human mouths anyway. And uh, finally, on a more serious note, the idea that you have to wait 48 hours to report someone missing is a myth from TV and movies that people believe. That's another one that I would never accept. It doesn't even make any sense. If my son is missing, I'm like, well, oh, too bad. We got that 48-hour waiting period. I know there was that that paneled van that pulled up and then he was gone, but I guess we can't do anything until oh, somebody started a stopwatch. You somebody started a stopwatch. You're like, sir, you'll have to call back in 30 minutes. <laughs> it's not 48 hours. Yet. I mean, I could see that being the case. I have had run-ins in my life with governmental agencies where they've just hung up on me in the middle of the phone call. Where they've just been like, yeah, uh, well, let's let's look into that. Uh, what's your name? Boop, boop, hung up on me. Because it's just easier to deal with that, to, to hang up on me, and then I have to call back and talk to somebody else than it is to actually help me with my problem. You know? But think of how many people have probably died because of this BS notion that we had that you had to wait 48 hours to report somebody missing. 
there's probably been several people. Like you go to, you know, go to Walmart, you see that wall of people who are missing. And maybe some of them are like, well, if they'd have called a little bit earlier, we would have found them. But because of this myth from TV and movies, we didn't. Yeah, that now that you mean, I never looked at it that way, but that is a possibility. Look, I didn't want to be a Karen about it. And (laughs) just because the guy had candy and uh, was offering it to all the kids on the player, I didn't want to I didn't want to seem like a jerk. I didn't want to seem like a complainer. I uh, didn't want to stir up trouble. So I didn't. I don't know. Um. Man, I've made that reference way too many times to comfortably tease what we're going to talk about next. (laughs) (laughs) But at six after, here on Cairo Nights, we're going to talk about the new bill that passed the House in Washington and is going to be in front of the Senate that is going to make priests mandatory reporters, meaning... If they are aware of a child being injured uh, sexually or otherwise, then they have to report it to the police. If they don't, there would be trouble. The problem with that is the priests have pushed back on it and said, well, what about confession? We have the right to, you know hear confession and that's supposed to be sacrosanct private and and the penitence of it is between me and the person confessing and the house decided yeah that's a good point that's a good point is it we'll talk about that and Cairo Knights see what the senate has to say about it as well a little bit of a serious topic that I promise we'll change it up and do some more stupid crap. I don't like to say serious too long. It's not good for my health. Kyra Knights, Jonathan Weir in for Spike O'Neill.